Pastor Bija John today. Pastor Bija John expounds from the Epistle of Galatians 2 11 to 21. It's important to notice Pastor Bija John expounds. The Gospel of Grace declares that our good standing before God is not something we achieve. Our standing before God is something that has been achieved for us by Jesus. We are justified because we are in Him, through faith in Him, which means it is impossible for Christians ever to be more accepted by God than they already are. It is all a gift, given here and now, grace greater than all our sin. Amen. If you are looking for more spiritual insights, please log on to www.bijujohn.com or www.bijujohn.com This is class 3 of our study on the book of Galatians. Once again, welcome every one of you into this study. And God bless you as we continue looking through the book of Galatians. We are able to, we were able to look into the first chapter of the book of Galatians. Paul is continuing his journey as a Christian, the church, cautioning the church about the danger of falling away from grace. So coming to straight coming to our study on the second chapter of the book of Galatians. Here, Paul is continuing, Paul is continuing his journey of his own story, how he have met Apostle Peter, James, and other folks in Jerusalem. And you can see, and you read it here in chapter 2, verses 1. Uh, let me read it for you. Fourteen years later, I returned to Jerusalem. And this time, you know, this time, he was not alone. Paul was not alone. Paul, Barnabas, and Titus, and they were Paul's co-workers. They also had gone to uh, Jerusalem. This incident, uh, this was the particular time when the Jerusalem council was help. God had given uh, Paul a very clear vision to go and talk to those apostles, uh, you know, who were in Jerusalem. And the subject matter was the message of grace, which uh, Paul was preaching to the non-Jewish believers, which was the message of the grace. And Paul 
had a private conversation with the senior leaders of the church, postponed privately with those who were viewed as the senior leaders of the church. And those senior leaders, uh, particularly were James and Peter. They were in the leadership of the church in Jerusalem. And also, Paul wanted to make certain that the ministry he was involved, the ministry of reaching out to the non-Jewish community. We refer them as the Gentiles. And message which Paul was preaching, the message of the Messiah, was not based on a false understanding of the gospel. So that was very important for Paul to make sure that the ministry Paul was doing, you knew that we, we saw it in the first chapter. Soon after the conversion of Paul, he did not come to Jerusalem. He did not go to Jerusalem. Or to, uh, he did not go to Jerusalem to confer with the leaders of the church. He went into the Arabian desert. And there he was taught of Jesus. He learned of Jesus. Then from there he came to Damascus and uh, he traveled to his own uh, country, his own uh, region where he was involved in the ministry. And now here along with the other members, other leaders of the church, along with his co-workers Barnabas and Titus, they, Paul, have reached Jerusalem. And he met privately with those people and they, he had confided within them and then he, he was talking about the false teachers, the, the false teachers who were spying out the church. They were taking out the wonderful liberty and the freedom uh, they have received in Christ, the anointed one, God the Messiah. The Messiah and these uh, false teachers, and they were bringing as a legalism into the church. They were trying to sneak in the the false teaching into the into the church into the body of Christ. Their agenda, the agenda of the false teachers, was to bring the church or bring the believers back into the legalistic bondage of religion. But Paul wanted to make it sure that we did not submit. We do not submit to their religious shackles. Not even for a moment. Paul very much sure that he doesn't want to give into the teaching of these false teachers, so that they will not be they will not be adultering the purity of the gospel, or they do not want to keep any. Uh, leaven, any kind of leaven into the body of Christ or into the teachings of the New Testament church. He had met the approval of the church or the, at least the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. They have approved the message which Apostle Paul preached. They did not add anything. In verse 6 of chapter 2, Paul says here, you know, he was most honored and esteemed among the brothers who were not able to add anything to my message. That means Paul had the highest seal of approval 
for the message he preached elsewhere. So the message which Paul preached was in accordance with the New Testament, uh, the, the Spirit and the Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, which was given on the day of Pentecost to the church. So the leaders of the church uh, approved what Paul was preaching. You know, he talks about those people who were, who they are before men makes no difference to me. For God is not impressed by the reputation of man. So he made it very clear that whatever the message Paul was giving, whatever the message Paul was preaching was absolutely in conformity with the Holy Spirit. Paul was not looking into men, but rather he was looking into the Holy Spirit. So they concluded that Paul was interested with taking the gospel to the non-Jewish people. And then Peter was assigned for the ministry of taking the gospel to the Jews. So Paul for the non-Jewish community elsewhere. And then Peter was for the Jewish community. For the same God who anointed Peter. That's what Paul says here. The same God who anointed Peter, Simon, to be an apostle to the Jews also anointed me. He says in verse 8, also have anointed me as an apostle to those who are not Jewish. So, he, you see the parallel. Paul was anointed for the ministry of a non-Jewish community or non-Jewish communities. But Peter was assigned for the ministry of reaching out to the Jewish community. So they all recognized this ministry. Oh, the grace that was operating in Paul's ministry. James, particularly James, John, and Peter. They were the esteemed followers of Jesus Christ. They extended to Paul a great hand, a help, or oh, the warmth of Christian fellowship, and honored Paul's calling to minister to the non-Jewish people. They had only one recommendation to Paul. There are only one recommendation to Paul that Paul must take care the poor and the needy. Paul himself attests it that this was already a burden in my heart from the very beginning. Caring for the poor, caring for the needy. And that is what we find it in the first 10 verses of this chapter, chapter 10. And from verses 11 onwards, you find it that Paul is a crusader or Paul is a freedom fighter and this man who proclaims freedom he not only proclaims freedom he stands for the liberty he stands for liberty of people everywhere and when the legalists the false teachers who have come to take the people into the bondage they we find it that paul is standing and he is making a big picture here what is the big picture you find that peter who had come to the church in Antioch, you read it in verse uh, verse 11 when peter visited Antioch, you know peter had he had a relapse of, you know, kind of going back. When Peter reached Antioch, he had a very common or a, a normal 
Christian attitude where he did not distinguish people on caste or religion. He did not distinguish people between Jewish or non-Jewish. He had communion with everyone else. Just like uh, the New Testament. Uh, he would, he would, he would commune with anyone. He will go to the Gentile homes or Gentile believers and he will eat with them and he will have a fellowship with them. Just like he would go to a Jewish home, a Jewish family and that he will have communion with them. So Peter did not distinguish it. But later, there were some visitors coming from the Jerusalem and they were the people who were trying to bring the Gentile community or Gentile believers who have been brought into Christ, who are, who are, who are saved and who have believed on Jesus and part of the church now and they are trying to take these believers into legalism or they are advocating that, observing the Moses law, the religious laws of Judaism needs to be observed or observing the religious laws of the Judaism is necessary for a New Testament Christian. So when these people have arrived in Jerusalem, uh, when these people have arrived in Antioch, unfortunately, Peter withdrew himself from communicating or communing or having communion or having a, a fellowship a, a meal fellowship from the or with the non-Jewish community, especially the general community. Look at the paradox here. Look at look at the difficult position Peter is putting himself until these people, or until the preachers of the Judaistic legalism, legalism arrived in Antioch. Peter did not have Peter did not have any problem. Peter did eat with the non-Jewish people. But now, fearing this fault, or fearing this false teachers, who are trying to take people from the church and bring it into the Judaistic fold, or trying to make the, the laws, or the legalism, or the Judaism, or making them under the uh, under uh, a, a, a legalism now when Peter saw them and withdrew himself what a what an unfortunate situation here what a what an unfortunate situation here Peter withdrew himself when Paul knew when Paul saw this uh, wrong behavior of Peter as a result, by the way, as a result of Peter, many of the genuine converts of or many many of the Jewish believers also have stumbled or also have followed the path of Peter. That means they also withdrew from having communion or having meal fellowship with the non-Jewish believing groups. Look at one man and one leader when he made a mistake and many genuine, many people without knowing the consequence of it, they also followed Peter. Now, when, P when Paul came to know about this, when Paul came to know about Peter's withdrawal from the non-Jewish friends 
or acting like an orthodox Jews, fearing how it would look to them if he ate with the non-Jewish believers. Paul confronted Peter's hypocrisy. Many of the Jewish believers who followed Peter led astray from the true freedom they enjoyed until then. Now they brought themselves under a legalistic view. You understand this was happening in the Antioch. This was happened the second capital of the church. The first one was Jerusalem. Jerusalem had the beginning of the New Testament church. And but the church grew in the Gentile communities, in the Gentile world. And then Antioch became, Antioch became the center of all the Christian activities. And you remember the name Christians or the name Christians were called, you know, the, the name given to Christians, uh, that new name Christians was given in Antioch. So Antioch was the center of a large number of Christians, mainly who came from non-Jewish backgrounds. So now there brought a big schism or division in the body of Christ between Jewish and non-Jewish believing community. So now when Paul heard about this or when Paul saw this one, what he did? He confronted Paul. Paul confronted Peter straight on his face. What did he do? Paul began to say this one to Peter. Although we were Jews, although we are we are Jews by birth, we are not non-Jewish sinners. We know full well that we don't receive God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law. But by the faith of Jesus, the Messiah, Paul confronted Peter in front of everyone. You were born a Jew, yet you have chosen to disregard Jewish regulations and live like a Gentile. Then why do you force those who are not Jews to conform to the regulations of Judaism? Paul is confronting Peter. Peter, you were born a Jew. And then you begin to live like a non-Jew. Since believing in Jesus, since part of the church, traveling around with the gospel, you behave like a non-Jew. But again, now, why do you go back? Why do you want to take these innocent people? Why do you want to take these people back to bondage again? He confronted Peter. Peter was the great apostle. Peter had the key. Jesus told about Peter. I give you the keys. And on the day of Pentecost. Peter was the one who preached gospel. And 3000 people had come to the New Testament church. And this Peter is turning away from the grace. What is gospel? Peter preached gospel to the whole nation. Peter preached gospel to the whole world. But now he was afraid of the Jewish community. This Judaistic community who are educating people to come to the legalistic fold. Or oh, the salvation is not 
enough the salvation in jesus believing in jesus is not enough for their good standing with god but rather observing the laws that is what this legalists were talking but peter was following their path now so peter paul had to confront peter publicly before everyone we saw paul confronted the church or paul met the church in jerusalem in the first part of chapter 2 he met the church and the leadership of the church in jerusalem got the approval for the message what he was preaching the message of the gospel of jesus through god's grace god giving grace to the sinners so salvation of an individual not happening through observing the law or observing certain regulations of the law but rather salvation is through jesus christ believing in jesus or through grace god's grace so it is god's grace grace is something which is given to us unmerited to us or we don't we are not qualified to receive we are not qualified for the favor of god in our life we were sinners so now peter is confronted by paul and say you were born a jew but then you begin to live like a gentile or begin to live like a sinner that means you don't observe the law you are you are no more observing or no more subjected to the law you begin to live like a sinner and now again you are turning your back now from 15 onwards 15 onwards jews and non jews are saved by faith paul's message for the church in galatia the gospel paul defines it what is gospel paul says here if paul if i and you peter we who are of law abiding jews could be justified before god only through putting our faith in jesus what does that indicate about the role that observing the law has in a person's justification if a person is not made more righteous in god's sight by observing the jewish law verse 16 what does that has to say those who feel superior to gentile sinners because they faithfully observe the law is there a superiority or is there any greater privilege if one observes the law or is there any standing disqualified if one do not observe the law in galatians chapter 2 verse 17 paul seems to be quoting an argument made by his opponents if faith in jesus makes observing the jewish law no longer a requirement then jesus seems to be encouraging sin because people no longer need to follow the jewish law or response that sin is actually demonstrated when one rebuilds what had been torn down galatians chapter 2 verse 18 in what way did peter rebuild what was torn down when people from jerusalem came Oh, you know what Jesus did? 
Jesus torn down or Jesus have broken down the wall or he have torn down what was known as the Jewish law because people the followers of Jesus do not need to follow the Jewish law but now Peter is trying to rebuild what was torn down he was trying to build something which was already broken oh Peter Peter himself have torn down on the day of Pentecost Peter himself have torn down when he went into the house of Cornelius Peter himself have torn down a couple, couple of other times recorded in the Bible but now the same Peter was trying to rebuild it coming bringing people back into the Jewish fold or Jewish legalism Galatians chapter 2 verse 19 to 21 Paul describes Christian salvation is in personal is individual what words does he use to describe what does happen to him how does he describe the outcome of this transformation please read along with me from verses 19 19 onwards because the Messiah lives in me I have now died to the Lord's dominion over me so that I can live for God you know Paul says that the salvation it is my individual on my individual capacity because that I believed I believed on the Messiah and the Messiah is living in me now I have died to the Lord's dominion the Lord does not rule over me because I live for God verse 20 my old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer leaves for the nails of this cross crucified me with him with whom with Jesus on the cross and now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one that lives within me you know Paul speaks in terms of dying so that I no longer leave yet at the same time he refers to the life that I live now in what sense Paul says that did did, did the original Paul die yes his flesh has died he had died to the Lord the Lord does not have any more dominion over me that's what Paul says Paul identified the life he now lives as the living by dependent faith in Christ which suggests that the life he died to was a life of independence and self-reliance Paul the role does Paul now says the law has in this process the law does not have a dominion over me now the law have no role playing in my life if the law was sufficient enough if the law was sufficient enough why did Christ die oh that is what in verse 21 you know what Paul says here so that is why I don't view God's grace as something minor too or something peripheral if we keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us the anointed one would not have died for us or anointed one's death would have done nothing to us oh 
What Apostle Paul says, Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. Why did Christ die? What must be the cause or what must be the case for Christ dying on the cross? If law was sufficient enough, he observing the law was enough for an individual to be righteous before God. No need for Christ to die on the cross. The grace or the gospel or our faith in Jesus. The righteousness of God on us. These are the terms or these are the words that we need to understand from this passage. Peter's willingness to separate himself from other Christians to be part of a purer inner circle of believers or pointed to those Jewish observers to a commonly held faulty understanding of grace. Our natural tendency is to believe that God helps those who help themselves. That gaining God's approval is an ongoing project that is acceptance depends on our level and commitment and our effort, which is absolutely wrong. The gospel of grace declares that our good standing before God is not something we achieve. Our standing before God is something that has been achieved for us by Jesus. We are justified because we are in Jesus. Through faith in Jesus. Which means it is impossible for Christians ever to be more accepted by God than they are already today. Because it is all a gift given here today for the New Testament church. So grace is not man's effort or man's standing or man's achieving. But rather, it is God's gift given for the church, for an individual. It has something to do with, you know, what Paul says that it is no longer that early. The testimony of Paul here points a precious truth. You know, what is that? Jesus does not love. Uh, he, 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 it is not the general love. He, God loves everybody. You know, that's a general love. God loves the world. You know, for God to so love the world, that's a general love. But he loves us so intimately or personally, you know, personally. Like Paul, the believer is able to say, you know, Jesus loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus loved me and gave himself for me. Therefore, I am able to say that it is no longer that I live, but Christ liveth in me. United with Christ in his death. What a wonderful truth we have here. Paul declares that he has been crucified with Christ. That now Christ is Christ who lives in me. When believers trust in Jesus, they are by the Spirit united with Christ. Jesus draw near to us. And all that has been received and accomplished becomes ours as well. Especially here Paul teaches that a believer is united to Christ's death. Jesus' connection to this present evil age was served, severed at the cross. Also, every person is joined to Christ by faith and dies to his previous existence. The self we once were, the self that pretended to be independent and the life that its own deserts has been nailed to the cross with Jesus. The new self is the one who is in Christ and lives by faith in Jesus Christ. You know, 
our justification justification happened by our faith on jesus christ all our sinful human tendency is to believe that we are contributed we are contributing for our salvation or we are achieving our salvation or we are uh, we are working for our salvation absolutely not that when we earn the good things that comes to us through either our skill or our goodness absolutely not the verses definitely reject the way of viewing our life are like that no matter how perfect or divine those that humanly may perceive humanity is utterly incapable of its own undoing what has been brought through our sinful nature or sinful life reconciliation with god and being holy and righteous in his sight cannot be achieved by our own effort the person is not justified by works of the law but through faith in jesus christ galatians chapter 2 verse 16 justification comes from god through jesus and what has done and it is received in our helplessness with an empty hands of faith take time today to reflect on Galatians chapter 2 verse 11 to 21 for your own life today consider what you have learned that might lead you to praise God repent your sin or trust more deeply in his gracious promises and make note of this implications as you walk with the Lord in the light of the gospel of grace the Bible which teaches the true freedom that you received by believing in Jesus Christ.